Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. I'm here with my friend Sean Holly. Hello, Sean. Hello, Sean Holly. How are you? Uh, I'm Victor Marland. I'm okay, thank you. Oh, sorry, mate. I tend to get confused sometimes. How have you been, and what have you been up to lately? Oh, I've, I've been very good, thank you. I've been to Arcade Club Bury. Oh yeah, what was going on there? Any new stuff? Uh, no new stuff. There's a pinball. They've been playing lots of pinball. Oh as God, what's wrong with you? Stop with the and pinball I... already. I've been to the Pin Fest in Daventry, which which oh, was that sounds good. A three day event, a hundred games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was just there all the time. Do you understand pinball now? Have you had, have you had an epiphany? I'm getting really into it. I was I was playing with these really clever guys. Really, you know, you, you learn a lot from you know from people, and it's not just luck. There's a little bit of luck, but there's a lot of technique. There really is. I'm sure there is, but I can't. I'm too old to be learning things. I, I really do enjoy playing it. I've got some on Steam on my. Yeah, on my they're not PC. the same, though, are they? No, no, it was really quite o- quite obvious what things I could do on the Steam version of of a game that I played. Yeah, IRL, as the kids say. As the kids say. In real life, I couldn't do on the actual real physical table pinball yeah but i really loved it and the good thing about that is i'm from that was from daventry and i'm from that area northamptonshire area so i went to see my brother i went to school in braunston oh that's quite close isn't it as a kid yeah it was very near daventry i used to live in rugby from the age of about five to twelve i think i was yeah i used to go to school in braunston when i was a really little kid and then I lived in Onley Park and blah, 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 blah. All around that sort of Midlands area. Yeah. Oh. For a long, long time. Very near Northampton, obviously. Oh, God. I could have been that kid that beat you up. No, you weren't. <laughs> Were you a few older, years older than me? I'd have just punched you in the ghoulies and ran away. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. my go-to move back then. I didn't, I didn't beat anyone up. I was a nice guy. Hmm. Anyway, yes, this, this Pinfest, because it was near where my family and friends, I went to see them and I saw... I saw my brother and his niece, my niece, mm. and my step-wife, <laughs> sister, stepsister, sister-in-law. I could never get these things right. Anyway, yeah. I saw them, and then Brandon and Justine came in. I hadn't seen them for ages. Good. My old drinking partner. So, so we were there. And then I went to see my mate Mark. I was his best man at his wedding. Mm-hmm. And I had a really good chat with him and his wife and then his daughters. He's got four daughters. He's got two sets of twins, two sets of oh, twin girls. Oh, wow. Five women in the house. Yeah. No, they're not in the house. Some of them are married now. Oh, good. So it, I was going to say. And then some more people come around and I was having a barbecue. It was his birthday. Cool. Which I found out on the way down. So it was a got, really nice get together. So I, I sort of panicked and went to the shop and I got him some super noodles. A For a barbecue? Yeah. Were they barbecue flavoured ones? <laughs> I didn't notice barbecue until I got to his house. A packet of biscuits and some Mars bar cake bars that look really good. Mm, not too keen on Mars bars. And I usually have, it's one of those chocolate bars, right? I never have. But every now and again, like once a year, twice a year, oh, I just fancy a Mars bar. Very rare, <laughs> very rare. It's like, it's like full fat Coke. I always have diet yeah. Coke and every now and again I go, oh, I just fancy a fat one. Mm. And I have a fat one. Very, and I always go... More syrupy than I thought. Yeah. Very sweet. So, um, at the Daventry Pin Fest... Yes. I've got a video coming up, by the way. Did you, how many games did you play? And hunters of them. Yeah, loads so of them. in Scotland, hunters. You know when in the old school arcade you had to queue up to play, where you did, you did here as well? Oh, wow. But people were very... Some players were 
absolutely amazing players. So they would play for like 10 minutes. Were they, were 10. they all queuing for the brand new ones? Because I've been to a few trade shows before and there's always massive queues for the brand new pinballs because brand new pinballs, let's not beat about the bush, are very expensive. They're mm. like eight grand upwards, aren't they? So queuing. I presume people want to have a good go before they lay down their hard-earned cash for it. And obviously, a lot of people can't afford eight grand on a frivolous pinball. I certainly can't. So yeah. you want to have a go of it, don't you? A free go or whatever. So it's yeah, yeah I can see why there would be you know, interest, especially the new ones, because they're, they're still coming out to this day. Mm. There's obviously going to be a massive interest for them. It's quite nice to see, though. Yeah, there was EM games, right? Going back to the old EMs of the sixties, and there was. Mm. I, the, I like the EM ones. I really like those. There's, there was the favourites there, like Monster Bash and Adam's Family, and yeah, the usuals, Medieval Madness. What was mm-hmm. it called? Yeah, Medieval, Medieval Madness. Yeah. There's a there's a remake of I think all of those ones actually. And then the new ones, which I really like. So I played Foo Fighters, and I played it at Scott Lambert's Underground Retrocade. Yeah, I think that's really what. Playing them there and then playing them at Nerg has really got me back into it because I remember right. speaking to Jan and she said, you, when I met you, which was like 90... 1933, wasn't it? 92, 93. There, there were pinballs in all the pubs and I used to go and yeah. meet her in the pubs and play the pinballs, you know, along Livesey Branch Road. I used to go into the pubs just for the pinballs. I, I remember, I think... I got so into it, and the thing that got me out of it really was the PlayStation One. I oh think my. the PlayStation One, I got so into that, and I sort of went off pinballs, but now sort of they're back. When I lived in London two or three years ago, now wherever it was, I moved. There was a, a boozer there I used to go to to watch comedy on a Monday night. It's called the Fighting Cocks, and they had a Street Fighter Two pinball in there. Have you ever seen the back glass on that thing? I've walked past it loads of times. But, oh my god, it's yeah. so badly drawn. It's really bad. <laughs> it, it, it looks like it looks like um, it looks like a kid's done it at school. It's it's proper bad. It's not good. I think it's a Gottlieb one. It wasn't. I don't think it had any license by Capcom, but they didn't do pinball, so I presume I think Gottlieb did it. But oh, oh, it's a bad one. It's a stinker. Mm. It's a rotter. Mm. <laughs> so, what were your favourites there? Which ones just stand out to you? There's an old one called Mystic, which I really liked. That's an 80s one, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Solid mm-hmm. set. One called Medieval Madness. Yeah. No, yeah. sorry. Foo Fighters, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. That's a and new there's one. A, there's another one that I queued up for, and I can't remember it. I've got it written down. But a, a mixture of the solid states and the new ones are really like The EM ones, that you know, with the, the massive, the small flippers and the massive, like, gaps and outlines. I and don't that. like the big gaps on the EMs. When you find one that's been adjusted, because you can adjust the flippers on some of them, you have different holes to put them in to make it easy, mm-hmm. medium and difficult. And I like I like those ones. I like the simplicity of them. Because I don't yeah. want to learn rules of a game. I just want to bat it around and try and get, you know, when you sort of eye up a good score, you're like, oh, I can get that quite often. And you just keep getting it to get the points. That's It's yeah. like a simple, easy thing for me to do. But yeah, the, the big... The big, the ones with the big gaps in. I presume you just got to bash the machine around to not get it to go down the holes. And I, I don't 
we like doing that. I'm not sure if it's going to go off or not because a lot of them have got the the mercury switches in or whatever, haven't they? The tilts. Yeah, well, yeah a lot of the older ones I don't think have. All oh, right, most the idea then just throw them about the place. Yeah, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I think what was I going to say? Oh, one other thing. Yeah, this is far more important. I don't know if you see in the notes. We've, we've been having lots of problems with our bean to cup coffee machine, the oh, Gazina Cocadona. Yeah, it's giving out. I, I did. He's giving, giving you tea rather than coffee. That'd be a problem for you. He's <laughs> bobbins. No, I, I, I finally worked out. Long story short, that it needed new O rings. Oh, okay, was it leaking it was, then? It was, yeah, it was leaking. It was giving out less coffee. The the froth milk was okay, and the hot water was okay, but hardly any coffee were coming out. Right. And the drip tray was filling up really quick. And I sort of Googled it and, and tried all cleaning and descaling, which I do anyway. Mm-hmm. And eventually, someone, I said, look, if the O-ring is wet or, or worn around the gasket where the, or, or anywhere on the machine, mm-hmm. uh, I had to order them from an Ita- Italy and they were stuck in customs for three or four days. Oh, wow. Why would O-rings be stuck in customs? Well, little what, hold on a minute. Why did you have to order them from Italy? You can get O-rings anywhere, mate. I've got the official ones. No, they're not. They're just O-rings. Right. They're just rubber O-rings. You get them anyway. Get them from Screwfix. Right. I didn't want to risk it. Did they charge you like 40 quid for some rubber O-rings? It was 19 quid. (gasps) How many O-rings do you get? 500? Use three of them. And the others don't... They're sort of inside the machine, so I've not bothered replacing them because... Oh, my God. They charge you 19 quid for it. They, they, They... From Italy, they saw you come in. From mm. Italy with a telescope. They went, oh, Sean's coming. Sell him some expensive O rings. Uh oh. Even one of them on it. Even one of them on One of them on eBay is like a fiver. I'll 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 send you some. It's got millions <laughs> of them at work. You should get a big box of them for like five quid. They've got to be a certain size, though. Yeah, yeah, but they get hundreds of different sizes. Hundreds. Hundreds of them. And you can even make your own ones. You can super glue a length of rubber together. Anyway, enough O ring talk. We're turning into the Broken Token podcast. The coffee machine is fixed. It's Everyone fixed. is happy. Oh, everyone's caffeinated again. Thank goodness for yeah. that. The world's a better place. My double espresso in the morning, instead of being 200 mil, it was like 105. And now it's a gallon. Yeah. Uh, I have been... Doing wow. stuff. Well, let, let's do a non-arcade thing, which is going to be related to arcade stuff. Then an arcade thing. So for me, I finally took the plunge and bought a CNC wood router. Oof. Oof. I've been threatening myself to buy one for a while. It is an Ooze Nest Workbee Z1 Plus. It's a one metre square machine with a working envelope of 770 mil square. So I can fit in two and a half feet square, I suppose. Oh, yeah. took two and a half days to assemble it and it was exhausting to do I really wore myself out doing that it could have been easy if I actually had enough room to do it but I was squashed into a small room with loads of stuff around me and it made it very difficult moving around while I was doing it but it all paid off as it seemed to go together quite well and I have been testing it so far by making a few small things I did make one big thing just finished that and it kind of reminds me if people don't know what a CNC router is they know what a router is you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a tool a work tool for wood to cut things. It's basically got little um, bits in it, and it you know you can cut things, you can mill stuff. But a CNC one is a computerized one, so it does it all for you. It's automatic. So 
this thing, it, it kind of reminds me of a big 3D printer than a CNC machine, because I work on CNC machine at work. And um, the ones I've got to work are massive, and they're like you know, hundred thousand pound up to like four hundred thousand pounds. They're massive, and they, they they cut metal seriously. But this thing is just for cutting little silly bits of wood. You only put like little six mil cutters in it, and my one at work takes like eighty mil cutters. You know what I mean? They're massive. So this thing, it does look like um, it, it's built very similar to a three D printer, and it kind of uses I think it uses a, um, a language called Duet, which is used on three D printers as well. So it's a 3D printer with a milling head, basically. So it's not super strong. But for doing wood, as long as you, you take your time on it, it cuts quite nicely. I've been interested in doing things with it, and it's been quite good so far. But it's it's kind of like my work machines, but a really, really lot less powerful. It's more like a toy, but you can still hurt yourself with it, so you've got to be a bit careful. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to be doing in the future is making arcade and console bits with it, and maybe... You know, control panels, stuff like that. It's quite easy to program to do that because I've got CAD CAM software I use for work that I can use with it. And I've done a few little things. I made a coaster with a V on it, with, which was carved with um, engraving bits to sort of engrave the V on it. What's the V for? Victor. Is it? Yes. <laughs> I just did it on a bit of MDF. I just made the program up on the thing and just tried it out just to see how it would work. I've also made a big burb, a burb house. Oh, for your soul. No, to put the burbs in. Be in the middle burb house in your soul. You know, she said burb house, and it's catching on, isn't it? It is. Oh, I you keep got, saying that. You've got to say burb. Burb. Have you heard about the burb? Yeah. Yeah, we don't go into that. Anyway, no. I've done that. I was, I was painting it earlier. I'm just um, like varnishing it and, and staining it, and I'll put it together and put some pictures on Instagram of it. Oh, nice. What else have I been doing with it? I'm going to be making, I think... Well, the, the control the, the control boxes I make for the Vectrex and all the different consoles, the arcade controllers, I'll be doing the holes on that rather than doing it with a step drill or doing it at work. I'm doing it on that. Um, I've got a Neo Geo one in the works as well. It looks really nice. I've done a mock-up of that. So I'm doing Neo Geo sticks soon for people. And bar tops. I'm going to be making CRT bar tops in the future, I hope. Well, if all goes well. Um, because I've already done one. I'm going to do some Vectrex ones as well because there was a Vectrex arcade bar top released, but I think only about a hundred were made, and it was like a timed thing. So you put like I don't know twenty five cents in or whatever, and it gave you three minutes of play. Or I think you could set it at different times. So I'm going to do something like that, but more modern. So you can just slide your Vectrex into it and clamp it in, and you've got a little mm-hmm. Vectrex arcade machine. So, yeah, I'm sort of planning on doing things like that with it. So it is interesting at the moment. I'm just getting into it at the moment, trying to, you know, calm myself and dial myself back from using my work machine, which can just annihilate wood in seconds. With this thing, I've got to take my time on it, cut in a certain way, use smaller cutters, do things in a certain way, clamp in a different certain way, and just sort of getting used to it. But it's it's been quite fun so far. I've had a few scary things, because one time I was... Because with, with wood router as well, there's a lot of dust everywhere. And what you normally do is you get a dust shoe. It's a thing that fits over it and it, it keeps all the dust in one place and you use a hoover to suck it all away. Mm, I haven't got that. I, I need whatever. to make one. I need to make a dust shoe. So I'm going to make one of those very soon and attach it. But at the moment, I've just been holding the hoover over it to get all the dust. But mm. one of the pieces had cut itself out, like a jigsaw puzzle. It had cut the piece out and the hoover had pulled it and it got caught in, in, the, in the, the router and there was smoke pouring out of everything. I just absolutely 
cacked myself and emergency stopped everything. And, and luckily, it didn't break any of the motors and the, the route was okay. It just ruined the piece I was making. It was only a small piece. But I did have a, a 50p, 20p moment. What's that mean? It's where you does that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll let people try and work that out for themselves without explaining it. On the uh, a bit of a <clears throat> yes, the <clears throat> yeah. twitching a bit of twitching, a bit twitchy yeah. twitch going on. So yeah. in the future, there will be arcade and console stuff being made with that. I've got oh, plans. Excellent. I've got plans. Mm. Now the proper arcade stuff. Do you remember last month? I was trying to get my Sky Cursor inverted brackets PCB. It's a very small PC in a nice box, and it works on Jammer. So I bought Sky Cursor years ago when it was released from the Griffin Aerotech guys. And I haven't played it for ages, for years on end, like yeah. three or four years. I haven't played it. And I thought, oh, I found it that. I'll put that in the pony. I'll play it for a bit. I'll get it updated because I think they finished the game because they were always updating it. And they put a two-player simultaneous in there and they put different bosses in. I was going to get it working, update it and play it for a bit. But it doesn't work. I plugged it in, didn't work. And it's just dead as a dodo. When, it, when you turn it on, you plug it into Jammer, turn it on, you see a little yellow light quickly blink on from the J-Pack and then nothing. None of the fans start up on the little PCB, on the sort of the motherboard, sorry, because it's a Linux computer, basically. Hmm. That doesn't start up. There's nothing going to it. I've been checking things. I thought it was the J-Pack. I was like, oh, there's no power getting through the J-Pack into the computer. It must be the J-Pack. So I got another J-Pack, tried it on there. I put it in last night. Still the same. And what I did test, I think it's the problem now, is there is a Pico power supply that goes from the J-Pack, which is obviously your um, your jammer supplies uh, 5 volts, 12 volts, minus 5 volts. So the 12 volts goes mm. from the J-Pack to this little Pico power supply, which powers the ATX motherboard. Now, the 12 volts is getting to that bit, and then there's another wire that comes out into a little 4-pin block, which goes into the motherboard, and there's no 12 volts coming out of that. So whatever it's doing in there, whether it's uh, regulating the, the power or um, filtering it or whatever, it's not working anymore. So I, I think I've got I think I've got a Pico power supply stashed away in a box upstairs for something in the loft. So I might have to nip up there after we've done this podcast, grab it and see if that works. I want to play Skycaster again. And it's annoying me the damn thing doesn't work because that cost me a lot of money, that, that PCB. Didn't I, I just working? I think I just put it put it in my Linux laptop and it worked, didn't it? Remember? Yeah, it should do. Yeah, it should do. As long as you got because it comes with a dongle, a copy protection yeah. dongle. Because I don't want obviously people nicking their software, so it comes with a dongle. As long as you put the dongle in there, I think it'll just work on a Linux laptop. Yeah, absolutely fine. Yeah. So I'm going to get onto that uh, and try and get that working. But I thought it was the JPack, and JPacks are like 37 quid. They're not cheap. These Pico power supplies are about £12. I'm sure I've got one somewhere, so I will try that out. I'll tell you next time whether it worked or not. Right. Oh, another thing I've been doing with arcade stuff was tube swapping shenanigans. Shenanigans. I found a 14-inch uh, color TV on, I think it was Facebook Marketplace, for free. Someone's given rid of it. It was an old, I think it's a Bush one. Some some cheapy mate like that was from the eighties, and it's a true eighties TV as well because it's got no SCART on it. It's before SCART came into fashion. It's just got RF on it. I thought, oh, I'll have that, and I'll do a tube swap because the tube will probably those tubes are very similar on a lot of those era TVs and monitors. I'll nick the tube out of it and I'll pop it in my little Vartec Cadet because that Vartec Cadet it's got quite a good monitor in it, 
but the tube has got 1943 burn on it really bad. Mm. So when you're playing light colour games, you can see 1943, the Battle of Midway, along the middle of the screen. Like, oh, for God's sake. You know, and I thought I'd get that, do a tube swap. I've never done one before. It, it, they seem quite simple. You've got to do a few little checks to make sure it was, it was compatible and it was. But long story short, it didn't work. I've got it all plugged in and everything. I've got it wired up. Move the, the Vartek Cadet over so I can get it on the, the bench with the, the new tube and everything. And I've just got a little tiny coloured like bar in the middle. And I don't know why. I just gave up in the end. I'm getting get it like that now. I just, something that's, well, I just leave it. I'm not going to stress over it. Leave it. I'll use it for another yeah, thing. Yeah, some, sometimes it's better just to move on, isn't it? Yeah, because there's, there's a few of my cabs over there that could do the tube swap, maybe. I'll have to just see if they're compatible. I don't know. I've no idea. But it is RF as well, so ugh, no one likes RF. Ooh, Atari 2600 time. Oh, no, because you, you can composite mod them now really quickly. I know, but I remember trying to tune them in. Oh, God, that was painful, wasn't it? Yeah. One thing that I forgot to mention is yes. we we use Blueberry. Blubbery. Blubbery, yeah, for Blueberry, our podcast. yeah, something. Yeah, for our podcast stats, it's the only. Th- I looked into it. That's the only thing we use it for. Yeah, and it's been free up until now, so you can see like your downloads and everything, uh-huh. and buy. And we're getting twenty four downloads a month. Yeah, times by a thousand, mate. I don't Woo-hoo. think so. I don't think so. But they're now they're now charging twenty dollars a month as a paywall to look at your own stats. You've got to charge twenty dollars a month. Here's your last thirty days, like two thousand. That's a lot of money. For something that was free for years, for like nine years, we've had this podcast going, and all so of a sudden, to, oh, you owe twenty quid now. I don't think so. so. I had to think about it. Where does it, it's getting its stats from? The host, which is Hostgator, which you pay for. The, yeah. Is it ten dollars a month or something? Yeah, and the hosting is like thirteen dollars a year, and you pay ten pound ten pound on a month for the yeah. the site or whatever it is. So yeah, all yeah. our podcasts are on there. So I'm thinking they've got to be getting the stats from when the podcast is downloaded from that site. So I had a look into it. Mm. Loads of different reports and everything. So I've got Sun on it. Oh, right? My I, IT masterclass boy. Right. In a couple of hours, he came up with this long script. Oh, I don't right. know if it's JavaScript, but it's a long, a long thing. And he said, right, put, find your page, AW stats, press F12, which brings it the, the console yeah. and just copy and paste this in. Bang. Wow. All, your podca- all your podcasts, downloads from number one. We had to do a bit of tweaking because it wasn't picking up. You know, we did point fives and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't picking them up, so now it's picking them up. Anything with a capital P, it wasn't picking up, so now it's oh, picking it's them up. Oh, it's got to be really verbose then, hasn't it? Yeah, so hmm. so he's, he's sorted all that. And, we, and we've now got our own free stats from every download we've ever done since 2014. Oh, he's a clever booker, isn't he? He is clever. That's that really one. handy. Thank him for that. That's really cool. Yeah. And there's all sorts of other stuff he can do, but he's, he's just left it at that. Wow. It's very clever. You can, there's all, all Chrome websites have a, you can press F12 and you can see how the website's working and block oh, right. elements and that. And that's how he's done it. Wow. He's pressed F12 and then just, you just got to go into AWS and copy and paste. Oh, I wouldn't have a Sorted. clue. I wouldn't have a Sorted. clue. Uh, are the downloads less than you thought? No, then it's weird. He said, right, it's just picking up every time someone presses the button on the MP3 file. Right. right. So listen to it in a web browser, I take it. Anything. It okay. could be anything. 
and they are very very similar to the blueberry stats right okay there's a couple a couple more i'd say overall it, over the years it looks like about a hundred thousand more that we've oh. actually had than i think we've had this is since 2014 wow but i think it's mad isn't it yeah but i think it's it, it's done well and now i can keep track of it because i always like to keep track of how many downloads we're getting cool we get like a burst like when it comes out yeah and then then people catch up so the the, the yeah, downloads yeah. yeah downloads keep keep going up for mm. for a few months and then they sort of peter off but yeah well Good. done son what have we been playing so what have you been playing apart from lots of pinballs what was your favorite pinball have you got a favourite? Was there any like really unusual ones there as well? Because there are some yeah, odd the, ones about, isn't there? They went mad. One called Pharaoh, which was in solid state with two level, two levels. That was that was. I like that one. There was a tournament on. There was, there was a pinball tournament on. Well, they linked them up. No, they just it's, it's the highest score. Oh, there okay. was. You could play all the games on the Friday night, and you could play all the games on the Saturday night. But during the day. There was like six or seven of the new games, like cordoned off, and a couple of old ones, and then they got the the, the top players in. Right. Just in the corner where no one could get to was it because there was there were them barriers. Was a game called Pharaoh. Mm. I was like, oh, no one's queuing up for this. I'll play this. <laughs> so I started playing it for ages. I got really into it. That's Pharaoh. Wow. One called Mystic, which I really liked. That's. I'll just have a look at my pictures, kids. It's not going to be good podcasting. Oh, I've got into bagels. Bagels. I love bagels now. Don't know why. You've led a sheltered life. You've never had a bagel your age. Oh yeah, we used to eat them a lot, but you know, women not eating so much bread. Yeah, Mystic, mm-hmm. uh, the P- Pac-Man pinball. You ever seen that? The Pac-Man pin, not Baby Pac-Man, natural Pac-Man pinball. Yeah, I think so. It's got Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man on it. Is it called Mr. It, and Mrs. Pac-Man? Yeah, God, your knowledge is amazing. I'm, I don't think I've played. I've seen it loads of times. I don't think I've played it. Yeah, because Baby yeah, let- Pac-Man is really. Some love it or hate it. I think people sometimes really like it. And some people hate that game because the actual Pac-Man game on it is terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it's it not is bad, great yeah. at all. It's and the pin is sort of like the worst of both worlds, isn't it? But yeah, Foo mm. Fighters are really enjoyed. Godzilla really enjoyed. Adam's Family is still a favourite. Mm. The, the the new ones are, you know, they've honed it. But there's like one guy said, there's so many rules to a pinball now. You've got to learn them. Yeah, I can't you, be bothered with that. And the other guy says, just anything that's flashing, just shoot a ball up there. Right. Everything starts flashing. Multi boys. All right, shoot that. Just that's what I do. You've got to try and aim it. I'm not good at aiming. I'm getting better. Getting Mm. better. I haven't been playing many video games at all lately. Oh, sorry. Also, been playing Star Force in me and Nappy Dude and trying to play Star Force in. Arcade Club Bowie. As you should, because it's a fine game. I did have one game like a little while ago. I think when I put the, the Vartek Cadet back together, because I was using it as a test machine for that monitor, I had a quick game of Star Force just to make sure it was okay, and it was. Still mm. can't beat about 300,000. That's my, my top ever. I'm not very good at it, but I do like playing it, and I keep going back to it even though I'm not very good at it. It is absolutely... It's back in my favourites now with that Star Force. Mm. Six hundred thousand from the highest, which is not wow. not brilliant. Oh, I tell you, I did play the other day. But I reckon I can beat that. I played proper scramble again the other day. Oh, which one? The real one. Oh, no, um, I mean, it's the Konami version. So it's slower. Fuel yeah, it's depletion. a bit more. It's a bit more friendly that one. 
That's um, stern one is really tough after about the third, fourth yeah, leap. It just gets it really insane. Tough. It gets insane. Mm. I'll tell you one game I haven't been playing. When I go on Instagram, I think, and also most of the social things, you know, you get bombarded with bloody adverts. Yeah. And they always advertise these really, really crap phone games. Mm. I right, right. Let me try and sell this game to you, right? I keep seeing it, and because I keep seeing it, it's obviously being advertised a lot. So they must be paying advertising money for it. So mm. they must be selling the game, right? Mm. To whom I don't know. So here's the premise of the game, right? You're a little person, like a soldier, at the front of the screen, right, the bottom of the screen. And you can move left and right. That's all you can do. And you're f- constantly firing. So it's just swiping across with a finger on the on touch screen, right? Mm. You're firing a machine gun all the time. What's coming towards you, I hear you cry? What is coming towards you, Victor? Enemies what? rolling on barrels. Right. I kid you not. They're rolling towards you on barrels, right? And they've got like a number stat near them. So the more you shoot the barrel they're standing on, the, their stats go down and then the barrel blows up and they fall off and die. Mm. And then every now and again, a big another machine gun or a bigger gun or a weapon or something will be on top of one of the barrels and you shoot that to get the weapon. Isn't that the most stupid, brainless thing you've ever heard of in your life? A lot of them are. If you were, but it's just nonsense. Why would you be? Why would enemies be coming towards you with with guns, not shooting at you, travelling on a barrel? I haven't. Got and why would you shoot the barrel game. to kill them? Why don't you just shoot them in the head with one bullet? Yeah, I haven't it, got any games on my phone. I deleted all the games on my phone recently because my phone it wouldn't update for some reason in the evening, and I thought, oh, maybe maybe my phone's quite full because I've only got a cheap iPhone S. It was one of the, the you know the sort of cheapy ones, mm. and I thought I've only got like sixty four gig, the smallest one you can get. I thought oh, maybe it's full up with stuff, and there's a lot of um, WhatsApp pictures that takes a lot of um, a lot of storage space. And I'll, I'll get rid of all the games. I never play them. I think I got rid of them all except Crossy Road because Crossy Road, if you're stuck somewhere and you're a bit bored, it's okay for a five minute whiz. That's it. Mm. But all the other ones, Mushihimasama, Futari. The, the phone version, I think it's called Bug Princess. I got rid of that, never play it. Uh, Shooty Sky, which is basically a 1942 version of Crossy Roads. Got rid of that. Uh, I, some other rubbish. I just, got, I just hate playing phone games on a phone. They are not the correct media to do it on. You need mm. physical controls, whether it be a joypad or a joystick or you know a screen or whatever. It's just, it just doesn't work with a, a touchscreen. The only thing that works on touchscreen are puzzle games. You know, mm. they get those bar, the bar top puzzle machines, like the quiz machines. Yeah. They work quite nicely with touchscreen, obviously, because you're you know, pressing things on the screen and that. But it's just like, nonsense. But that game, I just don't get it. What kind of brainless idiot would just sit there going left and right and left and right? Oh, for God's sake. Mm. They should just play Space Invaders. Yeah. It's, uh, I downloaded... Just out of interest, I downloaded Doom just to see it when on I got my new. Yeah, it's a version of Doom, How and it's it like work a, on a phone. It's like Commando. It's like an upscreen scrolling thing, and it's just oh, right. one, one button. And I got bored with it when in about I don't know five minutes. It's just like oh, you've you've updated 
upgraded. You can buy this, this, and this. Go to the shop. Oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah, you yeah, can yeah. unlock this. I just want to play some. I don't want to be fiddling no. around. So I just, I just deleted can't it. bother with it. I think the only ones that really work on screens like that are puzzle games. Mm. Where you can, you know, matching games, that sort of thing. But anything else is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Arcade news. Talking about games and, and small screens, oddly enough, it's funny we said this. New Wave Toys are releasing a small, fully working to scale Berserk and Frenzy cabinet. They look as fine as hell. They even have a slide out dummy PCB on the cabinet. You can take a little false PCB out of it. Because you know, on a, on a proper Berserk and Frenzy machine, when you look at the front of the cab, on the left hand side is a very thin, tall door, about mm-hmm. four inches wide. You open that door up if you've got the keys for it, and the PCB slides out on a big board because the, the PCB on a Berserk is about five big boards. It's massive, and it slides out on this thing so you can get to the PCB. And they've done that on these little mock-up ones. Well, the only well. thing I don't like about them is I noticed that the Stern, S-T-E-R-N, logo on the coin door is spelled wrongly, and they've done it on purpose. They, they spelled it S-T-U-R-N, Stern. Right. Because it's not fully licensed. Because Berserk and Frenzy are now owned, believe it or not, by Atari. The shell yes. company that's Atari, whoever owns it nowadays, whoever it's fell into yeah. at the moment. So it's really weird to get around the fact that, that Stern were the makers then and that they're still an ongoing concern because Stern, who made Berserk, are the modern pinball company that's still around yeah, to this biggest, day. Biggest in the world, yeah. Yeah, so I presume Stern sold the rights to Berserk and Frenzy a while back, and now they obviously can't put their name, or they won't want their name put into it, I presume, or Atari don't want the name put into it, whoever Atari is nowadays. So it's really odd that on the marquee, there's the Atari logo. It doesn't look right. It just doesn't look Everyone knows Berserk and Frenzy are Stern. It's bizarre. It just doesn't work. But the little machines are really nice. If you like playing on those little machines, this, this is the thing for you. It looks really, really cool. But they're, I think they clock up at $160 plus postage. But I think Game in the UK, the, the Game High Street shop, are going to be stocking them at £160 each. So nearly the same price over here. But the Ghosts and Goblins and Ghouls and Ghosts minicabs look really nice that they do as well. These are like an alternative to the Numskull ones. I've got the Numskull Dig Dug. They're, they're very good, both of them, very, very good quality. Yeah, love it or hate it. The one hate up, it, absolutely like, hate it. Okay, one ups are releasing all sorts of stuff. They're releasing like uh, gun games. and Well, there's one that I, just one that I thought we could highlight, which is the Atari 50. They've got that... That Atari 50, which is probably the best thing to come out from Atari in years, really? apparently, which is a really good co- a really good compilation. I'm shaking not, my not, head. Not not this cab. No, the actual, no, no, no. The actual compilation is supposed to be really good. I cannot understand why they keep bringing compilations out. To make the dollars, baby. Yeah. If... Depends how you look at, at ROMs and IP and ownership and all that sort of thing. Everything we've been talking about up until like, I don't know, very five or ten years ago can be played on an emulator on a modern PC nowadays. Mm-hmm. So if you, what I think, if you've got an arcade machine, I've got an arcade machine over there with Bosconian in it. 
I own the PCB. I made the cab to go round it. I own the PCB. That was the original. That was the original media it came on. If I then wanted to play Bosconian on a Mega Drive, for instance, I don't think it's even out on the Mega Drive or you know a, a Spectrum or a Commodore sixty four. I should be allowed to do that for mm. free because I own the PC. I own the original board of it, and I should be able to play that sort of anywhere. I know there's different laws against it and stuff, but then. Say I wanted to say I really like Namco games, and I do, and I haven't got an arcade cab anymore, and my old computer's in the loft or whatever. Oh, that's just come out on the Switch. That seems fine. But they came out on Mega Drive and SNES. A lot of, you know, not particularly that game, but a lot of old games. They came out on the, the Mega Drive and SNES, even back in the in the like late 80s. They came out on those things. And then the next iteration of machines, like the PlayStation 1, for instance, came out on that. PlayStation 2 came out on that. PlayStation 3 came out on that. PlayStation, etc., 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 and all formats. So it's just blind greed that they're bringing them out on everything. And there's never normally... And every now and again, you get something that's worthwhile. I think the, the Bubble Bobble one, someone said that was really good because you had different versions of it. You had lots of extras with it. I think you got nice things in the in the package if you bought the physical and it's like a true collector's thing. And I quite like the idea of that. But a lot of the time, these digital downloads or whatever, they charge quite a lot of money for an old game that everyone's got, everyone's played, everyone's got it on some media or other. And it's like, yeah, you know, it doesn't quite sit right with me. And this is the same kind of thing. And this particular one, I have got a massive bugbear with these um, arcade one-ops. I've never liked them. They're just they're just too small, flimsy. They've got LCDs in. They don't tend to try and make them look authentic in any way. I think they have improved. I think they have improved. Bit, they have improved. The first ones we saw, the first ones we saw, even the control panels were wearing away after normal use, like normal home use, mm. and stuff like that. And they're breaking down. And apparently, they've never got the LCD right. The LCD has always been, there's been a problem with the, the aspect ratio and they can never get it right. And, you know, they, I don't know what they're doing nowadays. I hope they're better nowadays for anyone who's unfortunate enough to buy one. But this one really sticks in my craw because this one is the Atari 50, right? It's 50 games, 50 arcades, 50, 50, 50. 36 of those are Atari 2600 games. Are they? Uh, only 14. Look at the thing in front of you on your screen. And, and, yeah, 14 no, arcade classics and then Atari 2600. Totals 50 plus games. Oh, there must be other ones on so there. So the only arcade on arcade ROMs you're getting on there is Centipede, Crystal Castles, Millipede, Tempest, Major Havoc, Lunar Lander, Super Breakout, Gravitar, Missile Command, Asteroids Deluxe. Hmm. Um, what was the follow-up to that? Blasteroids? No. No, the one with the planet, I can't remember what it's called. Asteroids. I think he's thinking of Liberator. And, well, I've seen a few other games on it, weird little games, old ones. But I think most of those are to take advantage of the spinner. And I think it's got a, it's got a spinner and a, tra- and a dial on there as well, so you can obviously use the, the rotary controls. I think this Jeff Minter's Aka-R is on it, I think. Okay. And then 2,600 games, which take up about... 64k in total. Look, look what they've got on the site now. I'm just looking on the site. Miss Pac-Man Deluxe, 
Gallagher Deluxe five hundred dollar Pac-Man XL. I don't and five hundred dollars is a lot of money for basically a flimsy cabinet. I Time guess. Crisis Deluxe seven hundred and fifty dollars. NBA Jam six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, mm. maybe not. No thanks. Hefty. No thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. Not at all. Not at all. Atari. I haven't been Atari since that's nineteen seventy seven. Mm. Or all the the original original um, Bushnell Atari Bushnell and Damley was I think seventy ended in seventy seven, and Atari's golden period for me was from then till about nineteen eighty four. Mm. Anything after that, I just don't care about really. So yeah, mm. they just flogging this dead horse. This, this horse has been dead and through the abattoir a long time ago, and they're still flogging it. Yeah, but the Namco Museum things get me. Those yeah, they're just as bad. I, I love Namco games. I really like them, but I've got keep them on. releasing Pac-Man, Gallagher, Pulp in, on yeah. these Namco museums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's nothing the first, new on them. First one was, I think, I think was a PlayStation one, but they're just yeah. the same stuff all the time. I know, I know. What more can you do with an arcade ROM? Mm. Uh, do you know what? The only kind of thing that I really, really like that they did differently, and this is an arcade thing again, it's when the arcade Namco Arcade Classics came out in the arcade, boards one and two, physical PCBs. I've got mm. one of them. I'm not sure which mine's one or two. The one with, it's got Rally X, Dig Dug, and Pac-Man on it. And you get, as well as those original games, which work on the cab absolutely perfectly, you get the arrangement versions. Yeah, Which I'll are like jazzed them. up versions for like, I think in the 90s they made them maybe. And they're really, mm. really good. They, they play just like the originals, but like a little bit later on, but not totally later on. And they, they work really nicely. And that's probably the last time I enjoyed something that he did new, new with an arcade game. Mm. So, yeah, it does get on my nuts a bit. It really does. <laughs> anyway, enough of that negativity. Yeah. Let, let's do something nice. Yes. Biscuit review, biscuit review. I love about you. Biscuit review. So for me... Mm. Oh, I forgot to say, actually, earlier. And this will tie in with it, actually. Another thing I've done lately, it's not arcade-related at all. I went on a little holiday, just for a long weekend, to a place called the Isle of Mull. Have you ever heard of it? Wings. Paul McCartney's Wings. No, no, that's, that's the Mull Mur. McIntyre. Yes. Is, is that, it is an, that is another Scottish island, I think. Mur- no, 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 don't, don't. It's a horrible song. Don't sing it. Coming in from the window. I don't know what the song is. No, don't. No. The Isle of Mull is a small Scottish island. So we drove about two hours and then got on a ferry for 45 minutes and it's a lovely little island, right? Oh, nice. It's the kind of thing you and Jan might like to do. Mm. Walking about the place, hills, locks, mountains, deer, sheep everywhere, and absolutely f- all else. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we went there to kick back relax we took the dog with us it was a dog friendly hotel nice little walks with him there's this is how little things there are to do there right there's a famous cheese place there they oh, make that sounds good mull cheese right and it's it's absolutely gorgeous we went there we bought some cheese we bought some biscuity things because we couldn't take it back with us we never cool box to take some cheese back but we did have a meal there and it was very very nice there is uh, a restaurant we went there. It was nice. It's the best one in Mull, which is a really nice restaurant. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now. That was really good. We ate, we ate really well there. 
And also, the most famous thing Mole is famous for is they used to film the kids' TV show Balamori there. Because oh, yeah. in, in the main area of Tobamori, which is the actual place name, there's a little sort of um, little bay area, and it's all coloured houses, really like brightly coloured houses. It looks really pretty. And when we went, because you get to Mull from the ferry, and our, our hotel was just around the corner, but then you drive for like half an hour, and there's absolutely nothing. It's single track roads for most of the time with little passing places. You only got you only get one car down it at a time, so you've got to go in the sides while someone passes you or vice versa. So you drive for like half an hour, then you get Tobamori. And if you drive like another hour with nothing, you then get to a ferry area where you can go to another little island called the Isle of Iona. And there was absolutely f all there. <laughs> there was there was nothing. You can't even take a, a car there. You've got to have a license. You've got to live on the island of Iona to own a car there. You can't take a car on a ferry. They won't let you. It's that small. There's not enough room. So we basically walked through a few old shoppy type things and went past some sheep, got to the end of the island and walked back. That was it. It was like a mile long. There's yeah. nothing there. Absolutely nothing. But we went there to relax, and I did. And it was actually quite pleasant. Was, we were really lucky with the weather. It rained quite a lot while we were in the car, and we got out. It was quite nice. Went to a nice That's beach. A the trick. dog ran about. He enjoyed it. The dog really liked it. We didn't see any damn otters. We were looking for otters. Apparently, there's otters on, on Mole. Couldn't see any otters anywhere. None. Lies of otters, they are. They're lies. Are they not in the sea, though? Uh, they're usually around the water. Mm. But, yeah, we didn't see any otter. We, we were on the lookout. I was on otter alert all the time. Couldn't see any. We did see a few birds of prey. Burbs of prey, sorry. Birds of prey. Birds of prey. In the summer. Yeah. But this gets me on to... Go on. Biscuits. Biscuits. There's famous mole biscuits there. And when I went to Aberdeen on an aeroplane from London to go to an arcade raid years ago in Aberdeen, they gave us these on the aeroplane. And I've always wondered where they got from, and that's where they make them on Mull. But my biscuit review isn't a Mull biscuit. They do quite a nice coffee one, but these ones, oof, how about these? (laughs) Waitrose and Partners Coffee Shortbread. Oh, that sounds good. Listen, Sean. Melt in the mouth. Buttery shortbread. Made with Waitrose and Partners Italian Ground Coffee. Made by a Dorset bakery founded in 1916. (laughs) That's what it says on the pack. These things are amazing. Find yourself a Waitrose, go and buy them. They're really, really good. You know when you get that sort of sweet cappuccino taste, like on cake sometimes, and they put a coffee flavour on a cake? That's what these Mm. things are like. They're really, really, really good. Oh, did you save any for me? No, they're gone. Okay. What what have you been chomping on? Well, we found some coconut macaroon hobnobs. I'm sure I've local. mentioned these to you before because I've had them. They're quite nice. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. Uh, I think I've put on here, think Bounty Bar, but with more biscuit and less coconut. Yeah, nice. Yeah, but... But it, are they melt in the mouth, buttery shortbread? <laughs> they're like crumble in the gob. Pretty nice things. That, that does not excite me. No. Okay. No. Anyway, crumble it, crumble in your gob. Yeah, they're nice. They're they're, they're a good. The solid seven out of ten for them. Yeah, but you know what? You're not you're not yeah. ca- you're not coconut, does don't you? 
What does it do? It lodges in your teeth forever. I've got some in one of my teeth from when I was seven. You still got it? Yeah. So sure there's not a small... It never comes out. not a small tooth that's not come through. No, it's definitely a bit of coconut. God damn it. Recent pickups. My wallet is going to need a bit of a hospital visit after the CNC machine. That cost me quite a lot of money and it needs to... It needs to pay for its keep. It really does. And we're selling stuff from that soon. Mm. But a little little backstory to this pickup I got. After watching Ghostbusters Afterlife, mm. I had to buy a vinyl Mr. Stapoft, Marshmallow Man. Here he is. Oh, is he in Afterlife? I've not seen that yet. Have you not seen it? No. Right. Is it good? Uh, yes. It is. So in, in Afterlife, there's a load of little Mr. Marshmallow Men's, Mr. Stay Puffs, and you'll like the bit when he comes on. It's really, really good. So just like uh, this little vinyl guy is just like my brother had, because I think this was from um, the Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters cartoon, which he used to watch in, in the probably 90s, 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. and the excellent 80s films, obviously. By the way... I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife and the Ghostbusters film with all the female busters. And I thoroughly enjoyed both of them. I know mm-hmm. when the one with the female cast came out, they got a real a real knocking from like let's say dicks. <laughs> because the Ghostbusters were men. So what? The female cast one isn't canon. It's like a standalone story about Ghostbusters. Mm. And all the original Ghostbusters, apart from Egon, who, you know, the guy who played Egon died, all the original cast make cameos in it. So they obviously endorse the film as well. And mm. it's a really good Ghostbusters film, but set in another kind of, not universe, but different story about ghosts and people busting the ghosts, right? It's really good. I really enjoyed it. There's nothing oh, wrong with it. it. It's a I good thought story. It, I thought, is it Chris Hemsworth? I thought you were really funny in it. Is it Chris Hemsworth? Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, the guy who plays Thor, is it? Yeah, could be. Yes, he's yeah. he's really dopey in it. But yeah. the four the four female Ghostbusters, absolutely brilliant. Really enjoyed it. It was a great I film. Did, I me and Jan actually really like that. Yeah, yeah. it's a really yeah. good Ghostbusters film. And then I think the next night I said to wife, "Oh, she watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Isn't that supposed to be really bad?" She said, well, "I don't know." We looked at the reviews. Oh, it's actually quite good. Absolutely brilliant. Just as good. But this one is canon to the original film. This is like Egon's granddaughter and her, her mum, the daughter and the son, go to live in the house. And it sort of carries on from the original Ghostbusters 1 and 2 films. Oh, yeah. And it's it's really good. They're, they're both really good. And I really hope they continue with the franchise with films just like these two. I thought they were brilliant. Really enjoyed it. So I bought myself Mr. Stay Puffed, and he's going to go on one of my arcade machines. Ooh. My little mascot. He's ace. He's got a big square head. <laughs> uh, guess what I got? I can hear it. A new podcasting mic. Because yes. the other one was rubbish. Yeah, you need to lean away from that mic. Step oh, yeah. away from the mic, sir. It's a bit loud. Yeah, it's it's got a proper pop filter. It's got a mute button. So when I'm coughing and spluttering, I can switch it off. You can just hear dunk, dunk every time you press dunk, it. Dunk, yeah. Yeah, because I've got to edit all this rubbish. Oh, I also bought, I also didn't buy, got given a J-Pack to swap out on the Sky Cursor PCB. And it's proved it's not the J-Pack. 
That's all I've been. I've been buying wood mm. because of my new, my new toy to play. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been cutting like normal MDF rubbish and, and plywood, but I want to start getting to cut proper soft and hardwoods, like decent pine, spruce, uh, walnut, ash, you know, stuff like that, woodeny mm. things. So I've been buying bits of wood. And obviously cutters to use on the machine as well and bits and bobs for that. So, yeah, I don't know what Did else. Did you say you use walnuts? You can use walnut tree. Huh. Yeah, not walnuts. Not pistachios. No, they're a bit small. A bit small. You need a really small cutter for that. Uh, I love so nuts. Not, not a lot um, on the old buying front lately. Money left. But there may be something coming up. Coming Ooh. up. There's an echo there. Listener feedback. There's been pr- plenty of feedback uh, regarding the podcast scores. Quite a few people have been playing with us, which you'll see and hear later on. Uh, Lee Knight is talking about Thunderhoop. And Lee says, I'm not sure if Lee is a, a male or a female. Uh. Doesn't matter, they're a player. Damn it. I should have entered. I have the original PCB. Love it. For a B-rate game, I sure love it. Looking forward to listening in. Well, we may we may disappoint you because we did not like it. Mm-mm. Mm. Mm. Got my jock here on, on Facebook, uh, not Facebook, Twitter is put, any bonus points for this setup? And he set up his twin sticks and Rygar's saying, are they four, four-way eight-wit switches? No. Tempted to say yes, but no. It's for a timber setup. Twin stick with two-way and a four-way setting. So it's got the two-way for chop, chop, chop. Yes, yes, yes. And, and the four-way for running around, I would imagine. Well, I'm going to explain the picture we can see, and the listeners can't, obviously. It's mm. the bottom end of a control panel. And you can see a joystick on the left, which has got a gate on it set to four-way, which is obviously mm-hmm. you're moving your little fella around. And a joystick on the right with a gate set to two-way only. So that's for your chop-chop, choppity-chop-chop. But have you noticed, and I'm going to, I'm going to be terrible with this in the, in the future, see how bad that woodwork is on there. It's old, isn't it? Is it just old? Ooh, it's horrid. It's just got loads of slits mm. cut in it to make the square out for the joystick. Mad job, mm. if you did that, shame on you, sir. <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> but that is the perfect setup for it, because that's what's mm-hmm. in the arcade. But buttons work just as well. In fact, buttons yeah. probably work better because you can hit them quicker. Yeah. And that's no. Is that the only feedback we got? Yeah, I didn't get a lot. Come on, kids. Write to us. Tell us what's going down. Tell us what you're up to. We want to know. Yeah. Tell us if you're making stuff. Tell us if you've been to an arcade. Tell us about your um, things. <laughs> just tell us about arcades and games. If you've been to a decent arcade lately or, you know, a new one popping up or whatever, just tell us. Give us some feedback. I want to hear from you. Yeah. Come on, kids. Friendly shout outs. Right, this is friendly shout-out. I've got to shout-out, got to, because he reminded me three or four times at Pinfest, Jim, Jim, Jim. You said Jim, and Jim with the taller brother, Jim. With two, the two Jims, Jim and Jim. No, well, yeah, I met him at Pinfest. He loves our show, and he loves my YouTube, and he pleaded with me to give him a shout-out on the show. So, Jim, Jim, mate, Jim, shout-out to you. It's a pleasure meeting you, and... Yeah, Jim. Well, this is all really unfortunate because Jim really, really wanted a shout-out and I've just edited it all out. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
the and edit meister who, who's jim jim do i do i know jim 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 no? jim 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 no okay the only friendly shout i've got i think as far as i know sorry if i've forgotten anyone is porchy for the loan of the j-pack to test my sky cursor what is very useful and it's all it's crossed that one out it's not the j-pack yeah i thought you'd have plenty of j-packs you they're all being used I've, right, got, yeah. I've got two for my pie jammer thingy setups, one horizontal, one vertical. I've got one in my, I've got two in PCBs inside cabs downstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got one, I think one of them is on my arcade mister, because I've got a mister multi system, so it doesn't need it. I've got quite a few of them, yeah, but I think they're yeah. all being used. All being used. Mm. Here's the Pico 8 arcade debate. Okay, so we're looking at Scramble. This is quite an older game, I think, for the back end of 2022. I've had it for I'll a put, bit of a time, yeah. It's an old one. I'll put here a pretty good version, but given the limitations of the Pico 8, I played it a bit. Sound isn't brilliant. It's not great, is it? Gameplay is a bit slower and jerky, and it, but it does capture the feel of the original kind of. Nice title screen, which copies the marquee. Fuel goes down really quickly. I must assume this is the stern version then. And mm. you've added quite a bit more here, haven't you? Yeah, I've had this for a while. When I made my my um, my actual Pico 8 little cabinet, it was a screen with a, a joystick box with a pie and it would run in, you know, bare bones Pico 8. So I used it as a little sort of machine kind of thing. I've had it since I made that because I obviously got all the, downloaded all the arcade versions of games. And as a standalone game, it's pretty good, right? The kind of thing I'd have been absolutely delighted to have had on my VIC-20 or C64 as a kid back in the mm-hmm. day. But as a straight scramble port, I don't know if it's supposed to be an actual arcade port or just um, a, a love letter to scramble. I don't know. It, for me, it doesn't hit the spot. The game is made harder by the fact you can't move around the screen as much as the arcade. Obviously, you've got a very small screen. And you can't dodge stuff that easy. The fuel goes down really quickly, as you say, and the game is harder as well. Because it's harder than the stern version because you get rockets flying at you. You know at the very start of the game, they fly at you. Mm. When you get onto the second level where the invaders are flopping around in the sine waves, you don't get rockets firing at you. They, they stay still. They don't move. You've just got the invaders to contend with. And then when you're on the fireball level, the third level, the invaders are on the screen trying to hit you. The rockets are trying to get you, and the fireballs are all at the same time. You're getting three levels in one, all at the same time, just for a little right, bit, of, bit of a period. Bit. Yeah, if you play through it, that's how it happens. And that never happens in the arcade. It just doesn't. It's not programmed like that. And it's really difficult. And then when you get to the maze levels, because the screen's so smaller, it's very difficult to do it. It's got... There's... Because of the size of the screen and everything, they've actually left little room above some of the, the, the things you attack like the, the fuel dumps, so you can go above it. Because I don't think there's enough room to get around it. You can't fire fast enough either because it fires a lot slower. Yeah, it does. And it, the sound effects, as you say, are annoying as hell. The explosion sound, when you hit anything, or if you get hit yourself, anything you shoot, it sounds like a gunshot, like a, a really loud, quite brittle-sounding gunshot. It's just mm. a really nasty sound. I really don't like it. Um. It could be, if they, if the, the author's not going to do it now because it's a few years old, but it could be a really good point if they just tweak the program a little bit 
And mm. also, with, with the Pico 8, you're actually free to do that. You can actually go in the code and change it at whatever you like. You can give yourself infinite lives or make the game different colours or faster or slower or whatever. You can do it. So if you had tweaked it a little bit, you can make it closer to the arcade. And I think it'd be a better gameplay experience as well. But it's still a good standalone space shooter without any tweaks. So it's, it's got its good points and its bad points. Mm, but me being yeah. an arcade nerd, and I love Scramble's one of my favourite games of all time, it doesn't quite hit the spot for me. Doesn't cut the mustard. Doesn't cut any mustard, because mustard should be just thrown in the bin. Do you not like mustard? Mustard's disgusting. Which, all mustard? All mustard is yellow American mustard, right? Dijon. How many bleeps um, are we going to put on this? You keep making me do it. I think that's it, isn't it? No, there's there's, there's thousands must- of mustards, but they're all is. rubbish. Straight in the bin with it. Don't even take it out of the pot. Get the pot, right? Don't open the lid. Straight in the bin. Bosh. Well, Sorted. Some, some of it is quite... It's nice with corned beef. No, 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 no. Sean, get out. <laughs> no. You'll be putting mint with lamb next. Disgusting. Oh, Absolutely no, I don't like, not. No, I don't like mint on any anything like that. Yeah. Arcade Master Quiz. Do you have a quiz for me? Yes, I certainly do. I like quizzes. Quiz me up, sir. Right. I've got the marshmallow man with all the answers here. He's going to help me out. Is he? Yeah. As he becomes sentient. Yeah. As long as the answers are marshmallow, we'll be okay. Oh, well, there's a few of them. Good. Marshmallow. Right, number one. What type of game is Alien Sector similar to? Alien Sector? Ooh, never heard of it. Uh, do you know who it's by? Namco, I think. Namco? Never heard of it. Hmm. Is it a gun game? It's a left and right shooter. Oh, is you it? Go through, go through tunnels up and down, left and right. Never heard of it. It's sim- similar to you don't really know similar to sidearms. Okay, section, I don't know what you're, you know that, that kind of game, but a bit more cartoony graphics. What um, was it called? What was what was it called in Japan? Really, I don't. I have no what, idea anyway because I don't even know what the game is. So yeah, what was it called? Barajuke. Oh, you heard of that? I've heard of Barajuke because Barajuke is a Namco game and it's part of the Mister Driller legend. Because oh, right. on on um, Mr. Driller Drill Land, which came out on the GameCube and it came it was recently re-released on the Switch, there's a Baraduke level in it. You play the characters from Baraduke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, it must be related because a lot of those Namco games are sort of related to each other in different ways. Mm. Mm, like cool. Namco Museum, that's when they're that's where they're related. <sighs> Oh, don't get me started on that go museum, the buggers. Uh, number two, ASO by SNK. What is that an acronym of, ASO? You're not going to believe I know this. Armored Scrum Object. Yes, well done. How do I know? Why do I know these useless things? Why don't I know decent things? What type? You know what type of game it is then? It's an upscreen vertical shooter. Yeah, two points for that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a this, this is an obscure one. Cannonball. What type of game is Cannonball? Cannonball. Is it a black and white game like? Oh, what's it called? Um, Avalanche. The Atari Avalanche. Is it a game like that? No, it's, it's like Breakout, really. Oh, okay. 
it's like breakout and what what is weird there's a character in canva if you get this you're very it's a bit it'll be a, a shot in the dark there's a character that you control and the bat is on his head and he's the one batting the ball back like on the on the breakout thing yeah what is the character under the bat is he a clown no it's pac-man <laughs> really yeah it's, a it's a namco game then i don't know i've not put the i've not put the net uh, companies down here it has to be med well midway or namco surely yeah i'll, I'll have to we can edit it in how weird I, Number four, you've only got two points. Uh-oh. We've got armored scrum, yeah. Gyrus, how many points for clearing the ships on the chance stage? 5,000. 10. Oh, poop. <laughs> and what is what was it called? Uh, what's a bootleg of it called? Oh, is it like to the earth? No. Gyrus, 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 gyrus. Mm. I don't know. Venus. Oh, I think I have seen that. Okay. Yeah. Cosmo number five, or oh dear Vic. Cosmo Police Gallivan. I love that name. Yeah. Released by who? Oh, same people who did Mag Max. Um, is it SNK? Yeah. No. Go on, have a guess. It's. Oh, I can see that. I can see the. The Spectrum release by Imagine because they mm. released it. Um, not Irem. Uh, my mind's gone blank. Who made Crazy Climber? That company. Nichibutsu. That's them. Was it them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought so. My mind's gone blank. I'll give you a point for that. I could see <laughs> that. In, you know, when you since I could see Magmax, I know it's related to Magmax. I think it's like the follow up or something. Oh, yeah. Cosmo, please, Gallivan. Mm. Was there a sequel to this game? Yes, Magmax. Magmax, yes, there was a sequel. You have a point for that. It was a SNES game called Cosmo, please, Gallivan 2, Arrow of Justice. Arrow of Justice. Arrow of Justice, or Just Ice, whatever way. Right, this is a good I think you might get this. Mm-hmm. Name the order of the main 1942 games were released so it's like 1942 is the first one yes there's five five in the main series can you get them so obviously 1942 1942 1943 Kai I'm not counting that it's just 1943 okay um 1941 yeah 1944 that's not in the right order I'm afraid was it 1945 there's two versions of that wasn't there there's a middle one 1941 June. <laughs> There's a weird one called 19XX, The War oh, Against Destiny. Oh, yeah, I did know about that, but it didn't know when it was released. So 1942 was was December 84. Mm-hmm. 1943 and all two other versions were 87. 1941 was 90. 19XX was 96. And 1944, The Loot Master, that was on Neo Geo hardware. That was mm-hmm. 2000. Is there two or three of those, or is that 1945 where there's two or three of them? But yeah, they're um, Sikio games. Sikio games. Awful. <laughs> Absolutely hate Sikio games. I should uh, get an extra point for 1943 Kai, though, because that's one you didn't think about. I, I didn't include them, because there's Kai, there's Battle of Midway. Confi- I'll give you another point. Yes. Because you're struggling here. It's easy right. to get points out of this sucker. <laughs> Number seven. What is the working? T- what was the working title for Millipede? What was it called? What was it nearly released as? 
Uh, Centipede 2. No, Centipede no. Deluxe. Yeah, Centipede Deluxe, yeah. yeah. It can be remembering how, things. How many points do you get for hitting the body of the millipede? Body. Oh, a body. Ten points. Ten, yes. How many points for the head of the millipede? Fifty. A hundred. Booker! <laughs> Number eight. This is right. In 1983, Atari released a set of 12 collector pins. Yeah. You know them like little badges? Yeah. They, they did it every so often. In 1983, they released a set of 12. If, yeah. How many of these? Think of like games from about 1980 yeah, to yeah. 83, obviously. How many games can you get that were on these little pins? Right. Here we go. Pong. No. Breakout. No, think 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 more modern. Oh, uh, asteroids. No. What? Asteroids Deluxe. Yes, Asteroids Deluxe. Battlezone. Yep. Gravitar. Yep. Major Havoc. No. Tempest. Yes. Black Widow. No. What? No. Uh, Paperboy. Oh, did you say 83 it was released? 83 is the, yeah, the, the okay. top end. Uh... Football? No. You've got a lot of them. Basketball? It wouldn't be that old, would it? No. That's black and white no. era. Lunar Lander? No. Oh, they're, missing these, out, these... they're missing out some of their best franchises there. There was a previous set of pins released, I think. It's probably but you could, you could have had Space Duel. Oh, yeah, of course. Colour Missile, Missile Command. Dig Dug. Oh, well, I was going too far back. Kangaroo. I'd love a Z- kangaroo badge. If anyone's got a kangaroo badge, send it to me. Xevious. Oh. Millipede and food fight. Oh, of course. Right, number nine. Mm-hmm. Describe the side art for Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. There isn't any. What is What is the... It's blue stripe mean. for the Tari. Yes. Did you really think you were going to catch me up by telling oh. me a System 2 cabinet? How dare you? <laughs> okay, this next one is also on a cab cab mm-hmm. art. Describe as many bits as you can from the Data East Kung Fu Master Cabinet. So you've got the marquee, the bezel, the side art, the okay. and the control panel. The side of it was just black and red stripes, like not no. a lot on there, with a square no. picture of it. No, there was a square picture, but this one's got nothing on the side apart from that. Is the marquee just a big fist? With Kung Fu Master in the middle of it. No. Is it not? Oh, no, it's got... Um, am I thinking of Kicker? I'm getting me fighting games mixed up here. There's not a lot of art on Kung Fu Master, I don't think. I'd yeah, say on, nothing at all. It's Kung Fu Master words. And then on the left is the is the evil guy that's got the girl. And he's got his mouth around, his hand around the girl's mouth. On the right is the Kung Fu guy himself. Mm. It looks like it. I don't know what I was I'm going to say something rude, but don't yeah. And the marquee, what do you think the marquee is? Uh, sorry, Kung, the Kung be- Fu Master the, in red. The bezel, sorry, the bezel. Kung Fu Master in red. No, that's got a little, that's got quite a good design on it. That's got quite a few designed on it. Okay. Completely missed that one then. Right. We're on about Atari System 1 and 2 games. This yes. is the bonus point. This is, this is question 11. Mm. How many System 1 and 2 games from Atari can you mention? There's a bit of a crossover, isn't there, between... They were still releasing Atari System 1 games when the System 2 was out. Yeah, so you've got... 
go on. You should get a load of these. Road Blasters. Yes. Indiana Jones. Yes. Marble Madness. Yes. Peter Packrat. Yep. Paperboy. Yep. Was 720 Degrees a System 2? Yep. Oh, there's another System 1 I've forgotten about. What is it? What is it? Um, there's two. Roadrunner. Yep. Mm. You've got most of them, actually. You've got a lot. Is, I don't think it is. Is Crystal Castle's one, isn't is it? No. Beforehand. Oh, what's the other one? Gauntlet 1 and 2? Are they on System 2? No. All right. So you got yeah you got more. There have you got right seven twenty. There was Paperboy. Yeah, you got Paperboy. There, there was two prototypes, right? If you get these, Ooh, Marble, be... Madden, Marble Madness two. Oh yeah, that was one, weren't it? Yeah, that's not that's not on this list. And was it was that a System one, System two, System one? I think um, the other one was. Think of an eighties film. With oh, E.T.? No. no. An anarchic kind of mini-creatures. Was Beavers and Butthead on that system as well? That was Atari, wasn't it? Mm, not it never came bit, out. A bit before the timeline. It's 87. I don't know then. What's the other ones? Uh, Gremlins prototype. Oh, yeah. There was an Asteroids prototype. There's no pictures, but the System 16 thinks it possibly came, became Blasteroids. Oh, okay. you had my, there's, there was relief picture, which was a baseball game. That was a prototype. Road Blasters. Boring. Seven twenty degrees accelerator. I don't know what accelerator is. No. Uh, APB. Oh, APB. Of course. Championship sprint. Pull over. Pull over. Championship sure could sprint. Use a Championship. Oh, you're yeah, the sprint, sprint games, of course. The super yeah. sprint. Yeah. Well, you saved yourself a bit there. You come back to fifteen points out of four hundred. <laughs> Rubbish. Yeah. I did not do well. Well done, sir, for your excellent quizzing skills. Yeah, that was um, all right, wasn't it? And because of the game we're doing this month, here is a word from our sponsor. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night. I work all day. He's a lumberjack. He's okay. <laughs> I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the lavatory. <laughs> On Wednesdays I go shopping and have buttered scones for tea. He cuts down trees, eats his lunch, he goes to the lavatory. <laughs> On Wednesdays we go shopping and have buttered scones for tea. He's a lumberjack and he's okay, he sits all night and he works all day. Feature Game Review it is Timber by Bally Midway 1984, powered by MCR Hardware. Wiki and Clov seem to think it was MCR2 Hardware, but System16, which is a very good site, thinks it's MCR3 Hardware. Who knows? It's Midway Hardware. Someone called Steve Meyer designed Timber as well as the rather cool game Tapper. They both have the same look, sound and feel, and it sounds just like this.
There's no nonsense story this time. There's none of this AI rubbish you keep coming out with. This is the actual story from the flyer. And it says, Brawn and brute force are the tools of your trade with a little help from your four-way joystick. You're about to become a backwards lumberjack and your mission is to muscle your way through the forest by chopping down trees before time runs out. There's a job to be done at the logging camp and you've got a nasty boss who will make sure it's done right. Maneuver your log around the trees and start chopping. But be sure to make a run for it when the trees timber or you'll be flattened. To add excitement to your task, an angry bear will toss beehives your way and that could be a sting in your plans. Steer clear of calamities to finish the job on time and your boss will reward you with a bonus. Extra points for time unused. Nobody said being a lumberjack was going to be easy. Slack off the job and you could be up a tree. That's why it's important to check your time on the upper right section of the screen. But be careful, the boss does not like clock watchers who can't meet their quota. In fact, he gets so angry, he'll blow the whistle, turn you upside down and give you a pounding headache. Each time you get stunned by bees or fail to meet your quota, you lose one logger. And none of this will look good on your work record. Once you get the hang of the job, branch out. Take on another player and compete against each other in a vigorous showdown of chopping power. Use your shouldering techniques to topple trees down on opponents and clear on-screen obstacle course. Make it to the bonus round without a scratch and take on a new challenge. Now all you have to do is balance atop a floating log and you'll log enough points to win the game and really impress the boss. Now, mm. and it says some stuff about the operator sector of all um, games and diagnostic packages. So that is the actual thing, and that's pretty accurate about what you've got to do. So the instructions mm. from the flyer have got all information you need to know. If you watch the track mode on the game, it just shows you how to play it. It's quite good, actually, the track mode. Use a four-way joystick to shift your, jogger, your logger around and press either chop left or chop right. Uh, and most cases with us, it's going to be buttons, but on the actual cabinet... Uh, a second left-right joystick on the original cab was to cut down the trees. You didn't have buttons. You actually had a joystick. So like Tapper had the, the little beer lever to press the to chuck the, mm. the beers around, this has got its own little joystick. It's quite clever out, did it? So you can either lean into the trees to stop it landing on you. You can push them away from you or just get out of the way when it falls. Avoid the nasties. That's about it. There is a mini bonus level between the number of levels, tasking you with log rolling. You have to stay atop a rolling log in the river. You push your joystick opposite direction it's rolling to, and it keeps changing. If your actions are too slow, you'll end up in the drink, like I did all the time. If you manage to stay afloat during the allotted time, you get a nice bonus. I never did. Because as you're on top of the log, your bonus is rolling up as it is. So the longer you stay on there, the better it is. I think you get a bonus then. I've never managed to do it. Really? I got within about three seconds of doing it once. God. So the game is also, I imagine, I didn't get to play it two-player, but it's a good two-player game. You get to play with a friend or foe and chop trees down together. You can work together to please the big boss or be turds to each other and push the tree to the top of each other. That is quite a fun way to play. And I would definitely push a tree on top of Sean for a laugh. Yeah. Definitely. So if I'm ever near your house at Christmas time, you're getting your Christmas tree pushed over on you. Ha <laughs> ha! Look at him. <laughs> Covered in baubles. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> right tips and secrets of this game there's not a lot to it really so all I can say you can chop the beehives as they're being flying towards you but you've got to get slightly above them to get them and it's quite hard to hit them I think you get 500 points for um, hitting the, the bees I've only ever done that by accident I've, I've never done it really... a few times back so I don't mean to do it but yeah I just yeah, try yeah. to get out of the way of them um, the other one is in some of the trees there's a little burb pink burb and if you chop his tree down, he runs off, squawking away all over the place. If you grab him, you get a thousand points. 
Not, but there's no real point chasing him as the time goes down, unless it runs really close. Yeah, because it is. All, you, you have got to run to the next tree when it's coming, because the time yes. gets really tight on the game. That's so if if you're like a centimeter away, go for it. But if not, it's just not not yeah, enough time. Say a thousand points as well. Mm. So losing a life is worse. Uh, lean into the trees to make them fall away from you. So if one's coming, you know, if you want to get rid of it quick, just push away from it. It does it a little bit quicker as well. Uh, also. If you fell all the trees in the same direction, you get an extra 5,000 points bonus. And you said that doesn't work. It does after level four. Ah, right. I didn't know this because I watched a YouTube and I was just flicking through and I went, oh, 5,000 points. I'll do that. Did on the first level, nothing. What's going on here? And when I got to the fourth level, that's when it kicks in. So that's quite Ah. a good little secret, actually. Because if you were playing that in the arcade... And you sort of play, oh, I wonder if I, you know, if you're sort of thinking that way, or oh, I wonder if you get them all the same way, you get a bonus. Do it on level one, nothing. You won't bother again. But when you do it on level four and then onwards, 5,000 points every time. And you can either yeah. let it fall one way or push it. But as long as they're all they're landed in the same direction, you'll get the bonus for it. It's worthwhile doing. Hmm. Right. This is tips from Mr. Rygar. Yeah. And he's, he's got his normal incredible score. He's put top tips from level seven and eight onwards. Number one, ignore ignore avoid beehives unless you can hit them without stalling. Absolutely. Two, zoom off to the next tree where you think the next tree will pop up as soon as you've delivered your fifth chop. Don't bother pushing his put. And trip over t- stumps for shortcuts. You know, yeah. when you trip over a tr- tree stump, it slows you down. Yeah, but I suppose it's quicker than it going around it. So when yeah, I watched it, when I watched some experts playing it on that. YouTube, they were doing that a lot because you you can't where the, where the sort of green bit of the tree is, you can't walk over it. It won't let you do it. You can only mm. you can only trip over the stumps. So mm. you, you can only go over the stumps when it starts getting all built up and getting quite busy. You can only step over the tree stumps. That's the only way you can do it. You can't step over the green bit of the tree. So yeah. I do bother pushing there because it seems quite quick to push them over, especially mm. if you want it to land and you want to go the opposite way. You have to do that sometimes. Mm. Yeah. So the graphics and sound are very cute and stylized. It's the same art style as Tapper and I think Domino Man. I think it's the same character, the guy with the big moustache, mm. the main yeah, character. Is, yeah. But you can tell this because a lot of those MCR games are very similar. I think it's the resolution and the colors of the game that can make them look very distinctive. It has a very high resolution, isn't they? Like 580 by some. Yeah, I don't know. They are. they're quite they're quite clean graphics and they're quite cartoony. Quite like how do they how do they do that on a 15 hertz monitor? Something clever going on there, isn't there? I don't know, but it's, yeah, it works quite well. Yeah, it sounds quite cute, isn't it? Um, um no, not it's all right. It's the okay. tunes are all right. Quite loud. Yeah. Um, the cabinet art is quite nice on it. Um, the cabs are repurposed tapper or root beer tapper cabs. So it looks like they're made out of like um, almost like carved wood, the kind of thing you would see mm. in an old school bar or steakhouse. So Bally mm. Midway, apparently back in those days, placed a big old lumberjack sticker over the top of the original Tapper artwork. So if you don't do it, kids, these, ta- these cabinets are worth quite a lot of money. If you peel off the top artwork, you'll see Tapper underneath. Oh, wow. Apparently they used all the old cabs for it. Uh, the control panel has like a faux wood overlay, making it look like a big old log. Your joysticks mm. and stuff on. There was no ports and sequels to the game, unless you count one of the other games as sort of canon to it, but it isn't really. Uh, the world record for a single-player game was Chris Platchy 
4,127,400 points in 2019. So it's quite a big old game, that. That's incredible. So the, the actual cab is quite nice looking. We played these at um, Gallop and Ghost. It does look like it it's made, made of wood, even though it's, you know, it's a wooden cabin. It looks like it's made of solid, hard wood. You know what I mean? Mm. It's got a really cool-looking sort of lumberjack guy who looks really macho compared to the guy you actually play. And the two guys together chopping down a big tree with timber in the middle of the marquee. It's a really nice-looking cab. Really nice-looking cab. So let's do some scores. Do some scores. Oh, 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 right at the bottom, Dexter Happy Dude, who's not even Did six he? months old yet, is he? I think he. I think he's getting on. He's getting on a bit, it. that kid. Getting on a bit. Like getting on for a year. I'm not a sure. Year, year old. Unfortunately, it's another zero score for little Dexter. He couldn't quite get to grips with the game. He likes Pac-Man, though, if that's any consolation. Yes, it is. Perfect consolation. Ross Ross, 9,000. Thanks for playing, Dexter. Keep playing, little dude. Uh, Ross Ross, 9,290. Zestora, 14,150. That's a low score from Zestora. It's quite high. Mr. Deadlock, 19,825. Managed to squeeze in again before the, um, for the, for the pod sh- podcast for once. Hopefully, I'll get back into it, but it's a start. Retro Rex, 23,2950. Basil the Sane, 25,575. The best I can imagine, uh, I can describe this as is mere, not my thing. Uh, P. P. Gids, 31,400. Rob McCraft, 41,220. He is Jimmy, 47,635. Didn't have time to play this month, but after reading the bad feedback, I had to fight up and see if it was as bad as the hype. Yep, it's a big, hot, steaming log. Oh, Matthew Bridge, 50,200. Al Cadian, new mm-hmm. player, 54,670. Pillbowl, 55,65. Vader GP, 63,880. I think I would have been better with a four-way joystick. I was getting flashbacks of playing Stardew Valley, chopping all those trees down. <laughs> Snarkhead. I, didn't, I don't think I said last time, but it was good to meet you, Mert Nerg. Good to meet you, mate. Uh, 65,100. Mr. Messi, 65,605. Me, a very lowly 67,220. Just a minute. Just let me get my pinger ready. You've beat me, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I've this for a while. <gasps> <laughs> J. Ping Barber, 67,310. Dr. R.C. Biscuits. It's good to have it. <laughs> A new player. Dear 10 pence arcade, I'd like to give my Timber High School, which is this, 68140. I've just started listening to the show. I really enjoy it. I was playing this game many years ago. My friend Vishnam, who would beat me regularly, he is now 72 years old, mm-hmm. and I enjoy my revenge. You are beat. I beat him easily on this game now. Kindest regards, Dr. R.C. Biscuits. I got quite a high score. I didn't realise. Hmm. Okay, I like that. Uh, Mark Happy Dude, 68,465. I would have loved to have played this more, but it was just too much for me to take. The game well and truly had me stumped. Oh! I I saw three puns in there. Virgil's antis. He's only gone and got 68,790, ain't he? Tactical Giles, 69,835. He's back. Adam Flint at the 11th hour put a score in, didn't he? 71465. I'm hastily submitting this score before the 5 pm deadline. By the look of it, Timber dates from that era when arcade games are often based on mundane jobs, <laughs> such as Tapper and Paperboy. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Retro Ross, 72,180. I can't see the wood for the trees. That's a good pun. I was putting some good puns on Twitter. Mr. 20 to 5. Oh, beat him as well. 
91645. How much wood would a wood, a wood chopper chop if a wood chopper wood could chop wood? Who cares? Not I. It's pish. Next game, please. You know, so I, I made you read that one out. <laughs> yes. I'm, we're not really good uh, at Tracy, anyway. 102,260. And I beat Tracy. So my mm. score... Mm. 104,575. I've played this about four times. Really? It's, yeah. That's a good score. I, that. I did not have time to fit in, but um, I did quite well on that one. Uh, yeah. And then Mr. Berserker's next. I'm done with chopping down trees. I've reached my limit. Wanted to get 100k, and now it's time to stop. You got 106,880. Uh, one Punch Rod, Ron, Rod is his uh, friend. 109,860. I'm liking it so far, but still not as much as Tapper, which is very similar to. Maybe, yeah. Old Man Steve, 113085. Simple gameplay. Difficulty ramps up nicely. I think I've reached my peak, though. If only I could time my swing better at the bees' nests. Yeah, that's hard, isn't it, for extra points. I can see this being a fun two-player game, yeah? Maybe felling a tree on your mate's head and nicking his chicken. Oof. Uh, Magic, 114,360. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night. I work all day. We know the rest of it. I cut down trees if all on me and wasp beats all my clothes. They do. Wasps don't eat clothes. That's what moths do. Yeah. What were they they're doing, thinking? They're doing this game. Mm. Mark Watner Gravy, 116,030. Evan 04 in the points now. 130,080. El Meepo, El Meepo, 137,660. Davo. Davo's oh. back. Hello, oh, Davo. Davo, you're back. With four points, 137,875. Grey Bags, 152,555. Evoga, he's back. Six points, 160,730. Sal Bugalusi, he likes a khaki game, 165,400. <laughs> and he says, I love this game. The gameplay is so original and fun. The graphics are cute and the music and sounds fit perfectly. The only thing I would change is to add diagonal eight-way movement. It feels a little strange or wonky to only move in four directions in a pseudo 3D environment. He has got a point. Yes. In third place is Mr. Rygar with eight points, 243,170, and he got to level 10. Wow. Aid Skyway 73... Uh, 248,005 points. Quite a fun game. I'd say on a par with Tapper for me. You can't waste a second after level 8. Here's my final entry. Got to level 12. Got to level 12. Wow. And first place is a guy from Sidekick called Eastwood71. He did th- he did one on Thunderhoop as well. 10 points with 250,705. That's a big score. It's a That's big crap. That's score. a crazy score. That's crazy. I was thinking when I got my score that a lot of scores would be in that similar sort of 100,000 area. And we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 in the 100,000s and then a few in the 200,000s. So I'm thinking that's when it the time is getting really tight, really mm. tight. So I think to make it better a bit more variety in level design and enemy characters. So instead of just having a bear throwing things at you and time against you, maybe you could have other things that maybe trip you over or grab your axe or, I don't know, maybe different kind of trees come up that do different things when they might fall a different way or whatever. There's, the, the possibilities to this game are endless. There's loads squirrels. of things you can throw in. There's squirrels, yeah. Moose yeah. running past the place. You know, yeah. 
things that fly by that will give you points. Or maybe you can pick up a, a faster axe or something. I don't know. There's just tons of things they could have put into it. So yeah. because they didn't, it becomes a very, very plain game. Mm-hmm. Very plain. Doing just one thing all the time. That's all you do. I know you do a lot of that in these old arcade games anyway, but this just seems... It gets boring quick. Because it's the same chop, 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 run, Jeez. chop, 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 run, chop, 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 run. Yeah. That's it. And because you're four-way, it seems very, like like Sal says, it seems like you sort of, rather than going diagonal, you've got to go left, up, left, up, left, up, left, up to get there. It's just a bit weird. Yeah, different mini-games maybe. You can chop stuff coming from the left or right. There's, there's Wasn't there like International Cry that did that? You kick stuff from the left and right and You're on the right like lines. That. that was in um, Karate Champ. Ah, in the mini yeah. games, you 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 go left and right, and you kick the the slates, and then the ball came at you, and the different things you had to avoid, like they used to throw the pot plants. That's exactly right. That'd be a really good little mini level. Yeah. So when play. things came along, you could sort of move up and down to chop them, and you weren't let, you weren't allowed to get them past or something. There's so many things you can do with a little character. There was something in IK Plus, I think, with bouncing balls. I think you could kick. Yeah. No, you had to. You had a little paddle. You had to evade them. Ah, you you could push it. it down, hold it in the middle, or push it upwards and turn that's around to play the balls. That's yeah. It, yeah, that's that okay. Plus, game. yeah, a great game. But with this little guy, he's quite lovable little guy. He's got an axe. He's got a little weapon. He can move around, and you've got the whole wilderness to put things in. You know what I mean? You can put mm. moose in there, birds, squirrels, just tons of stuff you can put in there. And they just add one bear. You can't even do anything with the bear. I don't think you can't hit the bear. No. So it's a bit. Yeah, they could have thought. They could have done a lot more with it, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe so, the hardware was limiting it. I don't know. So do you annoy or do you enjoy it? Well, I start off enjoying it and then it gets annoyed after about two or three minutes and I just quit. Yeah. So it's gonna, overall, it's going to be an annoy. It's quite satisfying knock, knocking the trees down and nudging them over. But, like, yeah, it needs more. It needs more. With me, I think it's enjoy. So I actually mm. enjoy the game. It just gets boring and difficult too quickly, far too mm. quickly. Because I think I got to level... I don't think I ever did level five. Because when you get to level four, you get the 5,000-point bonus for doing the, the trees in the right direction. And after that, I don't think I've managed it. I think I was like always one tree out and kept losing life, and you go back to the same level. So I never got past level five, I don't think. But the time gets so tight... I don't know what I'm doing wrong to not do it. But when mm. these people have got millions on the world record, they must know when, where the tree's going to pop up. They must have a pattern where the tree's going to pop up. So you can chop it quickly, do your five chops or your four chops and your push, and then get going to the next tree. Because later mm. on, you get two trees pop up at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it gets difficult. And it's just, I think I've got a feeling the game was probably designed with the old two minutes per credit rule because mm. if you put if you have one credit and you're a reasonable player you'll get two or three minutes out of it and then you're done so I think they've probably in in a, in a business sense they've got it bang on they're giving you two minutes and then effing you off out the door go you, your lumberjack's done he's had too many trees yeah. land him off you pop put some more money in so I, I think it's an enjoy for me but only just and just mm. some feedback from the usuals Mr. Tronads he says it's like a beta unfinished game and they've only done the basic element at that point I can see that I can, there's so much more they could have put into it they've done like the first level 
of a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, they've not sort of, yeah, they could have carried on kind of thing. Yeah. Neil 20 to 5 said, it's just boring, repetitive tosh. But oh, wait, there's an interesting minigame. Oh, no, that's just boring pish too. Oh, well, I bet it's different gameplay after the minigame. No. Here's Jimmy. He says, yep, it's the same thing from him. Played it two-player with She is Jimmy, uh, which was marginally more fun. You play together at the same time, so you can play as a team to beat the timer or play competitively to score highest. But the risk, you won't complete the level if you do that. So I presume you have to play together. I did see uh, a world record when I first recorded it. It was like a lot higher than 4 million, but that was a competitive play. So it's two people playing together, getting that score. It's a lot higher than 4 million. So is there anything like it? There isn't. Tapper looks and sounds like it's got the same character in it. And you are doing a mundane job. You're just throwing drinks down a bar, collecting the tips, collecting the things, not dropping a thingy. And then there is a little mini game in between where the the guy shakes up the sodas or the beers. So it Mm. has got the two levels in it. So it's similar to that, but you're doing completely different things. With Tapper, you're mainly going up and down, pouring the beers and chucking them. And you go left and right to grab the the things off the bar, the glasses and stuff and the tips. Mm. So... That's the only thing it's even similar to. I don't think there's any other game where you run around chopping trees down. You know, Mame Info has like a, a list at the, at the end of the info. And uh, and it says uh, Inferno. I don't know what Inferno is. What's Inferno? Inferno is an obscure Williams game. Ah. I don't know if I've played Steel it. Steel Worker, Frisky Tom, Duck Man. I know Duck Man. Mm. No, that, that's not similar. Blueprint. No, no Blueprint. I don't like it. Mario Brothers. Why do I have... They said Mario Brothers. It's nothing, it's nothing like it. Mario yeah, Brothers is the two-way and a jump button. I don't know what the... Uh, uh, Mikey, main... I suppose. Yeah, Mikey, because you, you go around the classroom and you've got to knock people off the seats, almost like you're chopping down trees. That is very, that's probably the most similar game, actually. Oh, yeah, fair and I enough. never liked Mikey. I hated that game on the Spectrum. Absolutely hated no, it. Everyone no. else loved it. I don't know why. So yeah, to me, it's it's too difficult too quickly. Your time is just nowhere near enough. And that, we were playing on level three, was it? Which is like the medium, medium yeah. to easy level. Yeah, default, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. whatever three is, yeah. So yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, this. It just seems so simple and it could have been a lot nicer with a really nice looking cabinet, really nice looking graphics. Good premise, but they just didn't follow it through. Didn't put enough mm. in there. I want more my timber man yeah me too mm, mm, mm. boom uh oh Mr Holly's been on I've just seen what he's picked for next month are you going to tell the listeners what this is Sean yes this is as as I played it uh, I had a list of games that I played at Galloping Ghost and I like this one's called Alligator Hunt yes this is obscure it's by Gale Co which Thunderhoop was oh god so, so I don't know if I'm tempting fate here mm. 1994, the ROM is alligator with one L because... Eight letters. Eight letters in a main ROM, isn't there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A-L-I-G-A-T-R. Lives 2, difficulty normal. Now, this is like Thunderhoop. This is... You get hit twice. Mm -hmm. That that lives is hit twice. A power bar goes down to a a third and then you're dead and there's no more lives. So this, that's it. There's no extra lives I can find. There's no boost in your power power bar back up. And I've played it through on the Raspberry Pi, yes. and it doesn't it doesn't crash on my oh, Raspberry right. Pi. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because you know the, the Thunderhoop crash on the, the Raspberry Pi, I think. So poor. 
and on some else it crash under certain cabs but this one seems okay so raspberry pi 4 with neo the fb neo played all the way through mm-hmm. played all the way through in my cab so you, this is how far can you get kids on one life how got, low can you go i think he's got a great feel to it i think some people will be able to do it because okay. i can't remember what game it is is it a fight and go right it's like cabal you know cabal oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay you're a little man with a crosshair shooting everything yeah yeah, yeah. okay Right, so it's almost a gun game. I hate you. It's not a gun game. Yeah, it's kind of a gun game. Yeah, it it's is. different. It's a different gun game. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Any road up, please submit your score to us and feedback, please, about all sorts. Uh, arcade ROMs only on this game. No scores from console or computer compilations, so they may be different. Um, you can give us your score on Twitter. We're never going to call it X. It's Twitter. Hashtag 10 score. Sidekick app in the Tenpence Club section. You can email the site, which is vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk. You can comment on Facebook on our page, uh, and you can talk to us on UK VAC. The deadline for score submissions is Monday, the 2nd of October, 5 p.m. UK time, please. Any last passing shots, Sean, before we go and eat our dinners and all that? No, thank you for listening to us, kids. And we will get back to you in a month. Enjoy this game. It's like I said, it's a one, one and done life. Mm. So get as far as you can. Okay. I think there's some people may be able to do it, you know. Okay. All right. Or somebody you know if it may. Loops? Does the game loop? No, it ends. It's a very funny ending. It's got like oh, a. Just... No spoilers. Yeah. No spoilers. And the music is just bizarre. It's absolutely bonkers. Well, so was Thunderhoop, really, wasn't it? I know. It's, it's wow. just so not suitable but there you go it's, it's, <laughs> is that it's that weird it's it's good okay on that okay. note i will bid you adieu adios you can download or play the podcast read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk you can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk you can also reach us on our facebook page you can tweet me at 10pencearcade and you can tweet sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 